Let us pray. God, we thank you for this Sunday morning and this Advent season as we journey towards Christmas. We pray, God, that we would receive this morning that which we need the most. Open our hearts, our minds, and our lives. Take my words and make them yours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So this uh, Advent morning, this third Sunday in Advent, we are looking at John chapter 1, selected verses. And in so many ways, I wish we could look at all of this chapter. I would really encourage you, whether you've done this a lot or only a couple times, to take this first chapter of the book of John, the Gospel of John, and read it. Uh, read it this week. Read it sometime before Christmas. It is an amazing chapter in Scripture. Uh, rich. There is so much here about who God is. It's such a fascinating image, a beginning of John's telling of the story. I mentioned on Wednesday night, I think, that, that each of these gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell the story in a different way. The same story, but they tell it differently. They each come from a perspective, much like you and I do we could experience something, both experience and witness the same event, but as we retold the story right away or over time, our variations would be slightly different. We would emphasize different things. We would make parts, certain parts of the story shorter and other parts of the story longer. And we all come from a perspective. For John, he writes this gospel focused on relationship. He wants to talk about the gospel message and this Jesus in terms of relationship. And that is what is so beautiful and joyful about his gospel. That's what makes it so much more approachable for many, especially those who are not familiar with the scripture. And so I encourage you to read that. And here today, John is, in our reading, talking about his role and identity in the light of Christ his role and his identity in the light of Christ. He's preparing the way for Jesus. That's what we do in Advent. We prepare for Jesus. We look to this Jesus. We look to our own role and our own identity. We look to the role of Jesus and his identity in our lives, and we prepare our hearts for Jesus anew, afresh, in a different way that we need every Advent because we need that time every year to stop and focus and prepare our hearts for God coming into the world and into our lives, perhaps in a different way than we have before. That Advent, like the rest of Scripture, like Jesus coming in the world, is meant to transform us. So how can we, this Advent season as we journey to Christmas, open our hearts to Jesus in new ways, be transformed in new ways. You see, Jesus brings the truth, and John understood the truth that God came to earth for us. Not for just a good story, not to establish a religion, not out of guilt or obligation, but simply out of love for us, for each and every one of us in our greatest moments and in our weakest moments. And that's the joy we have. We know as we come to Christmas that Christ is coming. We know that Christ has already come. We know that Christ 
will come again. We know that Christ is with us. We can know this Christ, God's Son, God in the flesh. In the Gospel of John, there are seven witnesses, seven people who, seven groups, if you will, that bear witness to who Jesus is. There is, of course, the three of the Trinity, the Father bearing witness to who Jesus is, Jesus himself bearing witness to who he is, the Holy Spirit bearing witness to who Jesus is. We have all those who experienced Jesus' ministry, his words, his miracles, his works, those who followed him, those who listened to him. We also have those in the Gospel of John that see his works, that his works bear witness to who Jesus is. The scriptures bear witness to who Jesus is. Those six. And John is the seventh. John is the one who bears witness to Jesus. That John's identity is to bear witness to the coming of Christ. John's goal, John's mission, John's life purpose is to prepare people for Jesus. John was the man of Advent in many ways. That this concept of Advent is embodied in John in so many ways because he was about preparing the way for the Lord. And that's what we do in Advent. We prepare our hearts for the Lord, which is good because Christmas can become about everything but Jesus real quick. And I'm not talking about the world or the culture or some war on Christmas stuff. I'm not talking about that nonsense. What I'm talking about is in our own lives. I'm talking about in the midst of the to-do list and the family dynamics and the distractions and the events and the busyness that sometimes it can get lost. The Advent is preparing for this Jesus. And that was John's identity. John knew who he was and who he wasn't. John knew who Jesus was. And it's interesting because John confesses that he is not the Christ. He confesses who is the Christ. He bears witness to that Christ. And, and you know, it's interesting. If we think about this idea of bearing witness, uh, you know, bearing witness is about truth. It, witnesses, if you have eyewitnesses to a car accident or a crime or a story, they bring some level of truth. That is their role. I'll never forget, I forget which anniversary it was. Jessica's in the nursery, so maybe she won't hear this. But one anniversary, uh, we went whitewater rafting uh, uh, in Colorado on the Arkansas River uh, through the Royal Gorge, which is this beautiful all-rock canyon. And the river was running exceptionally high. It had just been open legally to safely ride, and it was hairy, to say the least. I've done a lot of that rafting, and, 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 and it was uh, the most intense experience. And it was just the two of us and our guide who probably weighed 50 pounds soaking wet, so the water was having its way with us, if you will. I mentioned Jesus' name a couple times during that joyous boat ride. And, and uh, as we were coming around the curve to enter the gorge, I noticed something on the hillside, a, a spark in the weeds. And as we journeyed through the canyon and came out, a huge wildfire had erupted before our eyes. And we got back to the, 
to the place and we sped out because we knew if we didn't get out of the canyon before they closed it to the fire, we were going to have to take a three-hour trip around the mountain to get home. And so we drove back and we got up through the barricade probably 15 minutes before they closed the road and we parked on the side to just kind of watch and see what was happening. And uh, as we were doing that, the news camera pulled up and we were talking to some people and they heard that we had been rafting through the gorge at the time so they wanted to interview us and so you know there I am on the news that night and and uh, they asked the most ridiculous questions I mean the you know the, the first thing they asked me was were you scared I'm like I was on the water <laughs> but it's interesting that we need these witnesses and John was the witness to what happened to who was going to come and when we bear witness, when we take the stand in a trial, we do more than just tell the truth. We commit. We commit to something. You see, when we bear witness to Jesus, and John bearing witness to Jesus, he commits. There's no neutrality in this. It's not just a story he's telling. He's, he's putting his whole life on the line. His identity is rooted in telling everyone about this one who is coming. So this idea of confessing who Christ is, preparing for this Jesus, bearing witness to this Jesus is critical. It's also one of the many reasons why when I have the joy of meeting one of our friendly law enforcement officers, perhaps enforcing some sort of traffic rule, uh, that I always confess and bear witness right away. John knew Jesus' identity. Jesus' identity as the Son of God, as God, as God in the flesh, is the Word of God. So oftentimes we talk about the Bible as the Word of God, and that's true in so many ways. It is the written scripture, the, the story of God. But when we define the word of God, that really actually is Jesus. That's what John tells us in chapter 1, helps us understand. That the beginning of John 1, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The message translation, which does this so beautifully, says, the word became, God became flesh and he moved into the neighborhood. That this God of the universe came to the earth and walked among us, walked with us, understood and experienced the things that we experience. I, again, say that for me this is different this year, having been to Israel in October and walking some of these places and really thinking about as I took some of those footsteps about Jesus walking in these places, that this is a different story for me. And it's ironic in so many ways because that reminds me that I too have to come to this Advent journey as I tell you afresh, anew, that I prepare for Jesus in a different way this year that it be, has become for me more real than perhaps I ever could have imagined. This passage is about Jesus as the light. Jesus is the light, brings light to the darkness. You've heard me say that there's no such thing as darkness, just the absence of light. 
That Jesus came to be the light of the world, to shine God's love, to point people to God, to point the way, but to end darkness forever. That darkness, whether literal or figurative, whether emotional or spiritual or practical, is only temporary. That the light of Christ always wins out over darkness. It always shows the way. And that God's light is for all of history. That the light of God is not just for when it happened in Israel, not just for now, not even just for those that believe a certain set of things. It's for everyone, for the whole world, for all of history. It's a story of grace and truth. That's what light is. Grace and truth. That's who the light is. Grace and truth. That John points us to that Messiah. That John points us to that light. It's interesting, these Pharisees, and understand what a Pharisee is, they're a really religious person. Okay? They feel very good about that. Very good about themselves. They perfectly obeyed the law. They had lots of power. Very good religious people. A little self-righteous. And they start to question John about that because of what he's doing. And they are shocked that he does not claim to be the Messiah. So many before him and even after him would make that claim. But he refuses to make that claim. For them, that is so surprising. When they ask, why are you doing this if you're not the Messiah? It's not just an accusation to say, how dare you do this and not claim to be the Messiah. They don't understand why someone would say what John is saying to do what he's doing, to give his life to what he's giving it to, and not try to claim that mantle, that title. They, they don't get it because they, they, they look for that religious perfection, that religious authority, that validation. So they don't understand this weird guy in the wilderness uh, eating locusts and honey and wearing camel hair or whatever it might be. In his radical message that the Messiah is coming, but I am not him. But this is a benefit to us that we know who Christ is. That sometimes, like John, I think us religious types need to get up in the morning and look at the mirror and say, I am not the Christ. But the good news is we know the Christ. That's a little bit of what John is saying. I'm not him. I'm not even good enough to untie his sandals. But he's coming. He's coming. That's the joy of Advent. It's that yearly reminder that he's come. He's coming. He's coming again. That the story unfolds in a way that they don't expect. It's a surprise. But John is also challenging these Pharisees who feel very good about themselves, and he's pointing to them a very important truth, that what matters is not the outward, the performance, the, the, the belief, the perfection, the practice, because they were good practicers of their religion. They didn't miss church, and they said all their prayers perfectly, and they didn't type the wrong thing in or say the wrong thing or write the wrong thing on the scrolls. They, they did it all perfectly. They had such great pride, unhealthy pride, 
spiritual pride. They felt so good about themselves. And John's saying that outward stuff is not what matters. What matters is the stuff on the inside. This Christ who comes is going to tell you, is going to show you, is going to live and preach a different way. But it's not the outward actions and performances. It's what happens in your heart. It's being transformed in a way that makes you live differently. And so oftentimes we get focused on the actions. Just give me a to-do list to be a good Christian and I will check those things off. But this one who comes, Jesus, comes to be in relationship with us and with the world, comes to deal with what's on the inside. And John here challenges what's on the inside of their hearts. They don't see their need for the Messiah. They're waiting for the Messiah to come because they want the Messiah to take over the government and have their religious rule. Some things have never changed. But they're missing the point. The Messiah comes not in that way, not in what they expect, but their Messiah comes to bring a different kind of transformation. They don't see their need for this Jesus. And the truth is, we get so used to the story, we get so used to Christmas that we forget our need for this Messiah, this one who comes to transform, this one who comes to make things new. The Pharisees, they want to avoid their darkness because there's some darkness that we don't want to have light shown upon. They don't want the light to come. They're not ready for it. They need Advent. They need John to tell them to prepare because one is coming, the light of the world, who brings a new way, a different way, a way that if we journey with Christ this Advent season, as we journey to Christmas Day, perhaps in a new way, a way that can change us, a way that can transform us. Let us pray. God, we thank you for these words, the words of John and his witness to the light. God, help us to look to that light this Advent season, to come to Christmas with a different perspective. Refresh us, show us our need for this Savior born in the hills of Bethlehem. Transform us once again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.